0: for the gift of, of work, we thank you, God, that you've called us uh, as a part of your mission uh, to participate in it. And I, I pray, God, uh, that we would see the beauty of that. I pray uh, that we would have a new perspective today, and may your spirit just guide and lead us in this conversation. May it lead us uh, to consequences, to, to looking at life differently as you designed it to be. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, today we're beginning a new series called The Gospel at Work. And uh, what I mean by that, what we're talking about for this month of September, is that our work actually brings good news. That there's good news for our life of work. That as God has called us to do many different things in your life, That is all part of God's design. Now, I'm fully aware that just by beginning and talking about work, that there are many different opinions and feelings about the work that God has called you to do right now. Right now, I'm not going to have you raise your hand, but maybe when you hear the word work, you're like, man, I hate my job. I can't wait to get out of it. I can't wait to get to the next stage. This is just a place I want to get to the next level." Or maybe for some of you, your work is like the reason that you wake up early in the morning and why you stay late. So I get it. There's a wide variance here of jobs and feelings about our jobs and the work that we have. But I also want to be clear that work isn't just what you do that pays the bills. When we're talking about work, we're also talking about the calling that you have. And that could be something that maybe puts you in a little bit more debt, like school. Or maybe some emotional debt, like being a parent or being in a relationship. And I don't want you to raise your hand if that's how you feel this morning, all right? But, but when we talk about work, we're talking about all of these things. So the gospel at work is talking about how does this fit into our lives? And and here's my hope. My hope in this conversation would begin with this simple point. That work is integral, not incidental to the mission of God. That when God created everything, in the book of Genesis, from the very first pages we read that God did some work, he went to work, And it was integral to his mission, not incidental to the mission that he has created. And the beauty of this is that he actually invites us in on it as well. Because our hope over this time in September is that this conversation would have consequences to how we look at our work because of two reasons. Number one, we could think that our work is just about paying the bills and that's it. And if your view of work is simply something that you do to just feed yourself and your family, man, your work is so much more than that. Or we might think that, well, God really isn't involved in my work stuff. That's a Sunday morning routine. I'm not a pastor. I don't work for the church. How is God involved in what I do? I only do blank. Well, I'm here to tell you over this next month that God certainly has a plan and a mission in all of what we do. And that includes our work as well. And so today, I want to talk about God's plan. And if that rings a bell with any sort of cultural reference, yes, we're going to go there. Drake said it well. If you're over the age of 30, you don't know who this guy is, all right? He's not a theologian. He's a rapper, all right? And he wrote a song called God's Plan. And in it, he says these words, God's plan, God's plan. I can't do it on my own. A, no, A. <laughs> We're not gonna dive into the word A this morning, all right, but I think Drake has a little bit of wisdom for us here, all right? I can't do this on my own because God has a plan and it involves you in it. Uh, I remember specifically uh, the first time that I had to get a job. Uh, this is a picture of me during that time. I was in high school, I was a sophomore in high school. That's me in the middle, I haven't aged a day. And, uh, and my dad is on the left. He sat me down and he said, David, it is time for you to get a job. Anybody remember this moment? Maybe your parents had this with you. It was like, all right, you're going to have to start paying the bills around here. So, uh, so my dad helped me, found a job, and I uh, began working at a golf course. And uh, and my job was, I was basically like the cart boy. I was in charge of cleaning carts. But really, my main job was picking up the balls, the golf balls, from the driving range. If you've ever been to a driving range, you've seen this before. You've tried to hit this guy in the range cart, right? I was that dude, all right? And uh, and I remember, uh, as part of my job, I would go out. I would have to take that caged cart and connect it to this bigger contraption that made it very easy to pick up these golf balls. And, uh, and as I was doing that, one of the luxuries of my job is that I got to listen to music as I was picking up the golf balls. And uh, I was in the process of changing the CD on my Discman. Now for those of you who know who Drake is, a Discman is simply <laughs> something that was used before an iPhone or a phone that had your music, right? And I had the CD case with me as well. And so I was changing my disc, man, not really paying attention in the process of doing that, and I ran over a tree. And you say, how in the world did that happen? Well, it was a a small tree, all right? I didn't think it was that big of a deal, but I wasn't like fully engaged in what was going on. And in the process of hitting that tree, there was this front wheel in the golf ball picker upper thing that just bent sideways, And so, I then decided, uh, as I was going, the cart just all of a sudden stopped, and I started revving it harder and harder and harder, and the cart just was not moving anywhere. I essentially broke the thing, right? So I got out of the cart and unhooked it, went to my boss, who was the golf pro, and uh, and I said, hey, I just want to let you know that I think that there's something wrong with the golf picker-upper thing. He said, well, what happened? And I didn't mention that I had my disc man on me, but uh, he said, well, you better hope that nobody goes on the driving range because if we run out of golf balls, you're going to go up there and pick them by your hands, which unfortunately happened. (laughs) So later on that day, there was probably 10 people on the range, and and I went and took the golf cart uh, out into the driving range. I went as far away from the front of the range as I could. And I remember like opening the door and literally picking up golf balls on the ground and putting them in the back of the golf cart. And it was as if I had like a sign that said, hey, look, the golf boy is ready to get hit by golf balls. (laughs) Because all of a sudden, all these balls come just flying at me all over the place. So much so that there was one that got really close and somebody yelled four, thankfully, and it literally bounced in between my legs. And, and as this all happened, I remember um, opening up my check after getting that like, moment and having that whole scenario happen. And I was like, man, work is tough. Like, I really earned the money that that I got from this check. You ever had a week like that before where it was like, as I look back and I see the numbers that are there, I earned every single cent of that. And I think that it's true in our lives that from the very beginning, in Genesis chapter chapter two, Zach read these words for us here. This is simply this, that the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and to keep it. I'm going to give you three things to understand about the gospel at work to kick off this series. The first one is this, that God's plan is to work. From the very beginning, God created all things and his plan was for you and me to work and I think we get this in our lives because we start to see that when I, when I put work in, when I, when I work hard, and I see that check and the fruit that comes from that, there's something inside of me that's like, man, I really earned this. And it's kind of beautiful when you think about it. From those beginning stages, God begins by creating something out of nothing. And we see that then he hands that off saying that we get to participate in that work as well. In fact, in in the first three days, God creates the realms that exist today, the heavens, the sky, and the waters, and the earth. And then in the second three days, he fills each of those realms with inhabitants. He fills it with the sun, moon, stars, birds, and fish, animals, and humans. And he says that our responsibility as humans is to work it and to keep it. This is important to understand. Our job is to work and keep the very creation that God has given. He invites us in to work with him. It's not something that, hey, I did it all and it's all done. No, instead it's I'm giving you a task, a job, a responsibility that from the very beginning, he made it that you and I would also contribute and bring forth all of its riches and potential. Essentially, what God is saying here is that work is just as much of a basic human need as is food, as is sleep and rest, as is friendship and shelter. There's something designed in each of us as humans that we're created to work. I mean, think about it. Think about people that you know that just maybe are sitting at home and not doing anything. There's something inside of us that we struggle to understand. That there's something so much more in our lives that we're called to create and contribute and work. But it's important for us to understand that when I'm saying work, we're not just talking about like paying the bills and the thing that like brings in money. No, there's a better understanding that we need to have around work. And I love how Dorothy Sayers says it. She says this that work is not primarily a thing that one does to live, but the thing one lives to do. It is or should be the full expression of the worker's faculties, the medium in which she or he offers himself or herself to God. The, The very gifts that God has given us, we're called to use that to glorify him. Notice, I didn't say that this is only something that like a pastor can do, or somebody who works for the church, or only can be if you got a really good voice and sing on Sunday mornings. No, it's it's bigger than that. The gifts that God has given you are supposed to be used to glorify Him, and that happens in our job, that happens in our profession, that happens in our relationships. That happens in our friendships, and that happens as we are parents. You're created to be active, to participate in what God has created, to contribute to society. We might be saying, okay, well, what does that look like? I'll give you an image here. God's plan for work is to garden, and it's less about paving. Run with me here for a second. We read in in Genesis chapter one, it says this, that God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. To continue on with the thought that, that God could have just created all things. He could have created millions of people and made countries and established royalties and all sorts of things. But how did God decide to do it? Created two people, Adam and Eve. And he calls us to contribute, to be fruitful and multiply. And that's more than just like reproducing. There's more to it than that. He calls us to also subdue the earth, to work it. There's a theologian named Derek Kinder, and he makes an interesting observation in this section of the creation account in Genesis. He says, The only thing that is created that's given a responsibility or a job is humans. That's a distinctive of creation. He doesn't tell the tigers to go and name all of the things of this world. That's our job as humans. We have a responsibility and a role that is distinct to anything else over creation. And and speaking of this word subdue, I think sometimes we have a negative understanding of what this word means means that we get to use the earth or, or use people or use whatever resources we have to, to, to fulfill ourselves. But, but keep in mind the context of what God is speaking in here. Never thought of this before. This is before the fall. This is before Adam and Eve have eaten the apple and gone a whole wrong way. That in perfection... God calls you and me to work, to subdue the earth, to participate in creation. I like the words of Eugene Peterson. He says, translating this section, he says this, prosper, reproduce, fill the earth, and take charge. that essentially... Our job are these things, as humans, that in this world, we are given a task, a responsibility to contribute to it as well. And when we do this, when we understand this, it changes our perspective of how we look at our responsibilities, but also how we look at what God has created around us. We have a responsibility for the things of this world and this earth and the friendships and all of the relationships that we have. And when we understand God's intention from the beginning, it looked more like gardening than it did paving over things. I don't know if you've ever spent any time gardening, but it kind of is grueling. I know for me, I'm not a natural gardener by any means, but I understand some concepts when it comes to this task. See, God doesn't call us to be park rangers, which means that we just preserve things the way that they are and we don't touch anything. No, he calls us to be active in this world, yet he also doesn't call us to just pave over everything, and destroy everything, and use it only for our benefit. Now, we're called to be gardening the very things that God has given us, which means that we don't leave this land the way that it is, which means that we rearrange it in order to make it most fruitful. Which means that we draw the potential for growth and development out of the very gifts and skills that God has given us. Which means that sometimes we got to dig some ground and work some hard work. Which means that there are seasons and times where we see a ton of fruit. And there are seasons and times where we don't see the fruit that we necessarily wanted to see. Now, I get it. Like, maybe you're kind of confused, like, is Pastor Dave telling me that I need to quit my job and become, like, a gardener? No, if that's what you're thinking I'm saying, you're missing the whole point. Here's what I'm saying. You should approach your work like a gardener. For you, if you're a student, there are going to be seasons and times where you're going to have to memorize vocabulary words. And you're going to sit there and say, this is the dumbest thing in the world. This is such a waste of time. Why am I doing all this work? What you need to understand is that you need to approach it like a gardener. That there's going to be some time where you've got to dig up some soil, and it's going to be hard, but it will be beneficial in the long run. That maybe for you at your job, you just got a new boss. And the new boss came in, and he's put a whole bunch of new systems into place. And the old regime is gone, and the new regime is in place. And your responsibility in that is to think more like a gardener, understanding that this is a new season of life and what was fruitful maybe 15 years ago needs to be adjusted and changed. And that's okay. Or maybe for you as a parent, you're just like, man, my kids are just like, going every which direction. I can't understand where to get ahead on certain things and all that sorts of stuff. And maybe it's a time to recognize that we gotta go back and realize that planting a seed takes a lot of watering and a lot of patience in the process. I mean, if there's one thing I understand about gardening is that it requires a ton of patience and it's not always in your control understand that your work will be more like that at seasons and in times. And that what we're called to do in this is to recognize that that we should be patient in the process. But lastly, the third thing in God's plan for work is simply this, is that God's plan for all work is to serve. His plan from the beginning is that you would understand that your work is to serve other people. A a healthy view of work asks the question, how with my existing abilities and opportunities can I be of greatest service to other people? A healthy understanding of work recognizes that you are in a position or a spot to serve other people not simply what will make me the most money. Your job and responsibility in your work is attached to serving other people. This is what Jesus would example for us in so many different ways. People would come to him and say, what's the greatest of all the commandments? And he'd say, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, body, soul, and strength. And then love your neighbor as yourself. We are loved individually by God, but we are tied to people in this world. And we're called to, out of that love, serve those around us as well. Because if your work is only to serve yourself and exalt yourself, then your work will inevitably leave you empty will leave you in a place of wondering, is this really what there is, or is this really what life is all about? Whatever your job or responsibility is, it is called to serve other people. I mean, think about it. The chair that you are sitting on right now, you did not create that. That was made by somebody else. And thank God that we got chairs today because some legs would be falling asleep this morning, right? The clothes that you're wearing made by somebody else. We can thank Jesus for clothes here this morning because it'd be really awkward if it wasn't. The food that you're thinking about right now to eat this afternoon. I guarantee you didn't grow it in your backyard. Maybe some of the vegetables for the salad if you're going to feel really good about yourself. But the chances are the meat that you're about to eat this afternoon wasn't some pet cow that you had. All right? It involved other people. And think about this. I hadn't thought about this one before. The garbage that you're going to throw away this afternoon has somebody else that is serving you. Because... Because if everybody quit working in this world, it would be chaos, right? But the reality is that everybody has a role and responsibility that is to serve other people in this world. No matter how much you get paid or how little you get paid or even if you get paid at all, you're tied to other people. Simply put, you're created to work for more than just yourself. And we need to have that approach with our work. So back to Drake, right, and God's plan. Anybody seen the music video by show of hands here before? Like, okay, a couple of you, all right. So in the music video, this is really interesting. Um, Drake has this song, all sorts of stuff, called God's plan, A, no, A, you know, that song. and. And in the process of it, he he decides to make a music video. In the music video, they have a budget of a million dollars. It's legit, all right? A million dollars. And and what's interesting is that in this music video, he decides that instead of spending a million dollars doing the typical thing that you would do for a music video, he decides to go to certain areas and bless other people with that money. You've seen this video before, you know this. And, and what he understands is, is kind of the point here. That, that you are created not just to exalt yourself, that God's plan is that you would use the gifts that you have to serve other people. Now I'm not saying that this is just charity, that you just hand out money like Drake, per se. That's part of it. But the reality is is that your job is tied and connected to service of other people. And this is exactly what Jesus does for you and me. He lives out this perfect example that by his death and resurrection, he has risen from the dead, showing us an example of what it looks like to live, and how to love, and that our lives are intended to be intentional in service of other people as well. That yes, he died for you, but he also died so that you would share that love with other people. And he urges us to participate in that plan as well. And so, the question becomes, all right, what am I supposed to do? Well, I want to give you and just remind you these three things. Because tomorrow, when you wake up, and most of you don't work because it's Labor Day, you can sleep in and feel great about that, all right? But when Tuesday comes, and you're just dragging because of all the terrible food that you ate yesterday, And you're like, man, I don't want to go back to work. Can't believe I got to do this again. This is the worst. I want to remind you of these three things. God's plan for you is to work. Whether that's something that you get paid to do, whether that's that you're a parent, whether that's in the relationships or as a student, God's plan is for you to work. Secondly, that that work is going to look more like gardening at times. There will be seasons where it is really tough, but keep in mind that there will also be seasons where it is very fruitful. And you get to rejoice in the fruit of that season as well. But never forget, lastly, that God's plan in work is intended for you to serve other people. That's why you do what you do. You might say, okay, but what happens when I really just don't like my job and I got some problems with work? Come back next week and we'll talk more about God's plan when we hate our work, all right? Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for the gift of work. And God, I just pray that we would see the good plan that you have put into place it's pretty incredible to think that God of the universe who can create something out of nothing has invited us in to work, to be a part of your plan. And I pray, Lord, that we we would take that responsibility seriously, that we would see that that is good news, especially at times when it's difficult, but also that it's good news when things are going right and well. Help us, Lord, to see that this is something that you have gifted us and that we're called to use it to serve others in the process. It's in Jesus' name. Amen.